Ever get a gift you didn't want? How many got a Chia pet and you didn't know what to do with it? <laughs> right? I actually probably would like a Chia pet. But anyways. Um, uh, yeah. You know that moment when you open it up and you're like, an avocado. Thanks. Right? You're just not sure what to do with that gift, right? Um, God has given us amazing gifts. And uh, the passage that, that this series is birthed out of is, is this verse from 2 Corinthians 9, 15. Thanks be to God for His indescribable gift. Not indescribable because we don't like it and don't know what to do with it, but indescribable because it's so amazing and so so filled with other gifts. The gift of Christ is filled with other gifts for us. And, uh, and some of those gifts are, they're not the kind of gifts we don't want. They're actually the very gifts we need. The very gifts we need. The gifts of hope and peace and joy and love. We said last week the very things that the human heart longs for more than anything is hope and peace and joy and love. And today we're going to be talking about peace. Peace is um, when Jesus was born in Bethlehem, his birth was accompanied by a host of angel warriors. That passage, sometimes we, we make it, when we read it at Christmas, it feels like it's a choir of angels. And some of our, some of our Christmas carols even speak about choirs of angels. There was no choir. The Bible says it was a host of heavenly beings. A host means an army troop. This was, these were heavenly warriors angel warriors that accompanied the arrival of the Son of God, guarding him from the evil schemes of the enemy that wanted to put a quick end to God's salvation plan. When the angel had announced the birth of the Savior to the unsuspecting shepherds that night, the veil was pulled back and the angel armies were suddenly visible. And they declared in that, into that night, they declared glory to God in the highest. And on earth, peace among people with whom he is pleased. In other words, in this moment that changes everything, in this moment, God is going to be glorified and people are going to be blessed with peace. Peace in that moment entered the world in a whole new way when the Prince of Peace was born on planet Earth. And it became true peace, became available for everyone who trusts in the God of peace. Peace is not just an absence of war. 
war will only truly cease when, when human hearts receive peace. And that will not come by our own efforts just trying to, to you know, calm ourselves. But it will only happen when Jesus, the Prince of Peace, is truly King of our hearts. His kingdom is a kingdom of peace. Kingdom of peace. Romans 14, verse 17 says, For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking or the things that we argue about, is what he's talking about in that passage. But his kingdom is a kingdom of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. His kingdom is a kingdom of peace. So it's time for us to pause for a moment and, and talk about what does peace actually mean? Let's define this word, peace. In English, this word, peace, is very two-dimensional. It's very flat. We might think of peace being when a, when a crying baby finally settles and stops crying. Ah, oh, peace. Right? Or when our neighbor turns off their loud music that's been driving us crazy. Ah, peace, right? Or when we resolve conflict with a friend, there's peace. When a war ends, there's peace. We usually think of peace as an absence of something, don't we? However, we need to understand when the Bible talks about peace, it's talking from the deep roots of a Hebrew Jewish culture that had a word for peace that we don't, we don't even have a word for in the English language. And that word was shalom. Shalom. When the scripture says that Jesus is the prince of peace, it's saying that he is the prince of shalom. When it says that the kingdom of God is a kingdom of peace, it doesn't mean that there's no war, but, it, but that the culture of God's kingdom is a culture of shalom. Shalom means something like this. It's not the absence of things, but it is the presence of peace, contentment, feeling whole and complete, belonging, a sense of belonging, a sense of safety and prosperity. In other words, everything being exactly as it should be. Feeling at home and safe and blessed and full. Shalom. Isn't it beautiful that the Jewish people today, even today, when they say hello, they say shalom. When they say goodbye, they say shalom. Blessing one another with the shalom peace of God. Humans were created for shalom. Adam and Eve knew shalom in the garden, but the sin and corruption that have poisoned human hearts and have poisoned our world have led to brokenness, and lack 
and violence and separation and pain and alienation, everything in opposition to shalom. Sin has broken shalom in our world. However, those who follow Jesus are people of the kingdom of shalom. Isn't that awesome? And shalom is a state of being that we can receive, we can access when we need it, and we can live in it no matter what the circumstances are going on around us. We can live in shalom. We can live in peace. Three things I want to say about this peace today. First is that the peace of God comes from the God of peace. Peace of God comes from the God of peace. Last week we looked at a verse that that called God the God of hope. And we said that God doesn't just have hope, but He is hope. And today we're going to find... Uh, that, that God is peace and that He is our source of peace, of our source of shalom. In Numbers 6, verse 24, way back in the beginning, early parts of the story of God that we have in the Bible, in Numbers chapter 6, Verse 24, God gave instructions to Moses and Aaron, the leader of the brand new nation of Israel. God gave instructions to Moses and Aaron that the priests of Israel were to bless the people by by saying these words. Yahweh, which is God's name, means I am, right? A little little tip. When you're reading in the Old Testament, if you don't know this, this is important to know. When you're reading in the Old Testament and you come across the word LORD, but it's in all caps, that is a translation of Yahweh, the name of God. I am. When you see capital L, small o-r-d, it's a translation of Adonai, which really literally means Lord. Okay? So that's a little tip for you as you're reading your Bible. Yahweh bless you and keep you. Yahweh make His face shine on you and be gracious to you. Yahweh turn His face towards you and give you shalom. Give you peace. This was done twice every day. The priest would stand on a platform in the temple and he would declare these words over the people of Israel, declaring the peace, the shalom of God over God's people because God desired that his people would live in peace. In Judges chapter 6, we are introduced to a guy named Gideon. God came to Gideon because he wanted Gideon to step up and lead Israel to victory over their Midianite oppressors. Israel had been been oppressed because of their disobedience. God had removed his 
his protection and the Midianites had come in. Um, but now God wanted to deliver them from the Midianites. God comes to Gideon in human form. And at first, Gideon doesn't know who he's talking to. He's not sure who this, this guy is that just shows up one day and, and just speaks out to him, says, uh, you know, Gideon, you are a mighty warrior, right? And, uh, and like a good host, Gideon brings a meal to God, to Yahweh, who asks him to put it on the boulder that's right there beside them. So Gideon puts the meal on the boulder, on the rock. And, and the Lord takes his staff and he touches the boulder and fire comes up from the boulder and consumes the meal like an offering. And in a moment, Gideon realizes, I'm in the presence of of Yahweh. And he's scared for his life. He says, I'm going to die. And the Lord says, Shalom. Do not be afraid. You are not going to die. And Gideon then, on that boulder, on that rock, builds an altar to God and he calls it Yahweh is Shalom. Jehovah Shalom, some of you might be familiar with. Yahweh is Shalom. And in that moment, he has a revelation that his people had been worshiping idols and other gods, trying to find peace in so many other places. But in that moment, he knows that Yahweh alone is the true source of shalom. Let's jump ahead to the New Testament. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. Do not be anxious about anything. Actually, I've got this here. Nope, I don't. That's another one we're going to next. Never mind. Um, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, everybody say every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving. Well, you don't have to say that, but thank, that's good. Awesome. Um, but when you, when, you, when you ask for something with thanksgiving, you kind of assume it's coming, Right? There's a, there's a trust, there's a confidence that when I ask, I'm receiving it. Right? By prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God and the shalom of God, the peace of God, which transcends understanding. Everybody say, peace of God. Peace of God. The peace of God that transcends understanding. Some of you have experienced this peace. You've been in an impossible situation, or you've been grieving the loss of a loved one, or you've experienced a tragedy, and in that moment, somehow God has given you a peace that you did not understand. And maybe somebody even asked you, how are you so peaceful right now? How are you dealing with this? Peace 
of God which transcends understanding will guard your hearts and your minds so that you don't spiral into panic and fear and, and despair, but it will guard your heart and your minds in Christ Jesus. And then down to verse 9 says, Whatever you have learned, Paul says, received or heard from me or seen in me, put into practice, and the God of peace. Everybody say God of peace. So we've got the peace of God that will transcend your that transcends understanding that will guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. Why? Because the God of peace will be with you. Isn't that awesome? The only way we can have the peace of God is that the God of peace is with us. If you walk in the way of shalom by trusting God in every situation, even when you're tempted towards anxiety and fear, the shalom of God that transcends understanding will guard your hearts and minds because the God of shalom will be with you. God does not promise us that He will shelter us from all trouble. If you were told when you came to Christ, just pray this prayer and your whole life will be all better, then somebody sold you a bill of goods because that's not what the gospel says. It doesn't say that He will shelter us from all trouble. But He does say that He will give you such shalom that you will be able to walk through any trouble. God is shalom, and He wants His people to have shalom. How do we get it? How do we get shalom? Now we'll go to this one. Ephesians 2. For He Himself is our peace, who has made the two groups one. He's, ta he's talking here about Jews and Gentiles and the barriers, the, 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 the racist ethnic barriers between these two groups. It's made the two groups one. Isn't it amazing that the cross brings people together of all backgrounds, of all perspectives, right? Made the two groups one and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility by setting aside in His flesh the law with its commands and regulations. His purpose was to create in Himself one new humanity, out of the two. If you know Jesus as your Savior, you are something new. You're a new kind of human. Part of the new humanity. Creating Himself one new humanity out of two, thus making peace. Shalom and in one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross by which He put to death their hostility. He came and preached shalom to you who were far away. Some of you were far away. You didn't grow up in the church. You didn't know anything about this stuff called the gospel or who God is or that He loved you. You were far away. Jesus came to bring peace to you. Some of you grew up in the church. You were those who were close. 
but you don't just get um, you don't just get peace by going to church with your family. You actually have to receive it yourself. And he came to bring peace to you as well. For through him we have access to the Father by one Spirit. Wow. In Romans 5, Paul says it this way, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. We receive shalom as a gift from God when we surrender our lives to Jesus. And we surrender our lives to His way of shalom, His way of peace, the way of living in obedience to Jesus. We become a new kind of human and we are reconciled to our Heavenly Father and His family, the family we are now a part of if you are a follower of Jesus. The, the family that you are now a part of is a family of shalom. And the longer we live in His family, the more we grow to live when you stay in peace. Peace will stay when you stay in peace. God gives us peace. He is the source of the peace that grows in our lives. But there is also a sense in which you and I are responsible for our level of peace. We are responsible for our level of peace. Listen to this. Psalm 34, verses 12 and 13. Whoever of you loves life and desires to, turn, desires to see many good days. Anybody desire that? Right? Many good days. Doesn't mean everything goes your way, but, but, but in the midst of it, it's a good day. The God of peace is with me. It's a good day. Right? Keep your tongue from evil and your lips from telling lies. Turn from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. Shalom is actually something that's meant to be the pursuit of our lives. That we're to, to chase down peace. We're to, we're to go after it. Yes, it's a gift. but it's also something we need to seek and pursue in our lives. The world wants to offer us shortcuts. We're told you'll have contentment and peace if you buy the right kind of shampoo and his ways. Real peace cannot be found anywhere else but in the source. There's another one from Isaiah 26. You will keep, God, you will keep in perfect peace, in perfect shalom, those whose minds are steadfast because they trust in you. Trust in the Lord forever, 
For the Lord, the Lord Himself is the rock eternal. How do we stay in peace? Trusting in God. No matter what comes, no matter what we face, we can actually live, this passage is telling us, we can actually live like an unmovable rock of peace in a crazy, chaotic world when we learn to keep our minds and our hearts fixed on God and His goodness. And sometimes... You know, this will mean talking ourselves through it and reminding ourselves, God is good. Trust Him in the, in the hold, in the midst of the storm. One daring passenger is we need to look into the eyes of the pilot of our lives. Be reminded. And if God Himself is the source of our peace, And if peace is found by keeping our hearts fixed on Him, then peace, the peace that transcends all understanding that we can access here in this life is only a taste of the surpassing shalom that we will know when Jesus comes to make all things new. Eden will be restored and more. And the goodness and glory and the sense of belonging that humans had with God in the beginning will be the inheritance of Jesus' family. It's a reference to the the waters that we find at the beginning of creation. Remember it says in the beginning... God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was formless and void, and the Spirit of God hovered over the face of the deep, the sea. And what follows is God bringing order out of the chaos that was. And all through Scripture, in the Old Testament especially, the sea represents chaos and danger and trouble what the enemy is doing, and and so on. So when it says there's no longer any sea, I don't know if there's not going to be oceans in the new heaven and new earth. I don't think that's what it's saying. But, But he who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. And down to verse chapter 22, verse 1. Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life, as clear as crystal flowing from the throne of God and the Lamb, flowing from the throne of God and the Lamb down the middle of the great street of the city. On each side of the river stood the trees, tree of life bearing 12 crops of fruit, yielding its fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree of life are for the healing of the nations. No longer will there be any curse. Isn't that awesome? No sickness, no pain, no curse, no sin, no more curse. The throne of God and of the Lamb will be in the city and His servants will serve Him. They will see His face and His name will be on their foreheads. There will be no more night. They will not need the light of of a lamp 
or the light of the sun, for the Lord God will give them light and they will reign forever and ever. Folks, that is shalom. That is shalom. Jesus came to bring his kingdom to this world and it is a kingdom of peace, a kingdom of shalom. Let's stand. Every human heart longs for shalom. We long for shalom. But we can only truly find it in Jesus and his kingdom. You can have peace with God and peace within. If you need to receive the peace of God today, I want to pray with you. When I finish praying, I want to pray for those who already know Jesus, but but you need to grow in peace. Right now in this moment, this is a holy moment, a special moment. I'm going to ask those of you who are here that, that, that our eyes would be closed, our heads bowed for a moment, just making opportunity for those who wish to, to, to respond. If you've never received the peace of God in your life and you're saying right now, I want that peace and I want to know the God of peace, I want you to just slip up a hand Say, Pastor, pray for me right now so that I can step into that peace, so I can receive that peace. That's good. A couple of hands. Anyone else? All right. Those of you online, if you need to make that decision today to surrender to the God of peace who loves you, pray with me today as we do this. God, I thank you for your love for me. I thank you that you came as a baby in a manger. You grew to a man. You you bore my sin to the cross. You died and you rose again so that I could be reconciled to the Father, that I could know you, the God of peace. I ask you to forgive me and wash me clean. Wash away my sin, stain, my guilt, and make me clean in the sight of God. And put your spirit in me so that I can live for you, so that I can know your peace. In Jesus' name I pray. And if you are a follower of Christ, but you struggle to hang on to your peace, you know that it's available to you 24-7, but you, but, you ha- but you sometimes forget to choose to stay in peace by trusting in God and trusting in His goodness. And you want me to pray with you today that you would, that that, that fruit of the Spirit would grow in your life and that you would you would grow in peace. If that's you today in this room, why don't you slip your hand up as well and just say, Pastor, pray for me that I will grow in peace. I'll learn how to, how to walk in peace and step back into peace. God, you see these hearts, you see these hands. You see those online as well that are, that are saying, me too. I need to grow in peace. God, I pray that you would come today, that you would strengthen us
God of peace, come and strengthen us. That as we trust in you, as we keep our eyes fixed on you, that we would stay in peace. We would live as people of the kingdom of peace. We give you thanks, God, for your gift of peace today. In the powerful name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.